The keto diet has absolutely stormed the dieting world over the past several years as one of the most popular dieting methodologies out there. But what is it about the ketogenic diet that has people so excited to drop their carbs and ramp up their saturated fat intake? And how effective is it really when it comes to improved health and faster fat loss? That's what we're discussing on this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, where each week you'll hear the real-world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master, their health, productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert consultant to Fortune 500 companies and world championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today, and without further ado, let's jump right in. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Today on the show, we're talking about all things ketogenic diet, and I recently ran a poll in my Smart Nutrition Made Simple community Facebook group asking what sort of diet methodology people would like to learn more, uh, more about, and the ketogenic diet seemed to be uh, at the height of popularity for, uh, for what people would like to know. And so I'm going to try and share as much as I can about keto. I'm going to keep this trying short and sweet. I think some people were pretty surprised that I was going to do an educational or live training on the ketogenic diet simply because they, they know my philosophy around nutrition. And it certainly has nothing to do with dieting whatsoever. It's really about, uh, you know, figuring out what's most sustainable. However, the reality is that if you're watching this, you've been exposed to, to, to the keto diet to some degree um, over likely the past few years, if not in the past, and keto is nothing new, uh, or you've likely tried it yourself, which is totally cool. Um, and whether you currently are doing it or you've tried it in the past and done well with it or feel like you haven't done well with it, it doesn't really matter other than I think it's important uh, for people to be educated on what exactly the ketogenic diet is, who it's for, who it's not for, how to do it appropriately if you're actually going to do it, and sort of what are sort of the potential long-term repercussions or implications of the ketogenic diet, at least what do we know from the research. And so we'll just jump into that. Um, so again, I, I mentioned the ketogenic diet is nothing new. I mean, this is something that's been around for a hundred years. And it's not a diet. Uh, the ketogenic diet wasn't developed uh, or, or ketogenic way of eating was not developed as a dieting methodology. It was developed as a, a therapeutic medical intervention for epileptic children primarily. And so it really uh, reached its height of popularity, well, first and foremost in the 1970s, but now obviously over the past several years, it's been extremely popular as an, in fact, a dieting methodology. And it seems to be very uh, commonplace for people to be implementing ketogenic dieting methodology, but not a lot of people truly understand the impl implement, uh, implications of eating in a way that um, induces ketosis in the body. And so let's jump into that. Let's talk a little bit about what that entails. 
Uh, if you guys are watching this on the Facebook Live, go ahead and, and, and let me know if you have any questions as we're going through and I'll work on getting to those at the end. So, you know, ketogenic diet is, is a restrictive way of eating that can help you lose weight first and foremost, by helping you create a calorie deficit. Now, the thing that sets the ketogenic diet apart from most other dieting methodology is uh, the nuances of how you're eating in terms of what foods you're eating and the percentages of macronutrients of protein, carbs, and fats. Now, as many of you are aware, ketogenic diet is an extremely high fat, extremely low carb, moderate protein diet. And so what that means is that there's a there's several different ways of doing it, but sort of the most standard uh, conventional way of doing it is consuming anywhere from about 70 to 75% of your calories from fat, from dietary fat. And that's things like, um, you know, animal proteins uh, for uh, butter, oil, avocado, um, dairy, you know, fatty dairy based products, cheeses, things like that. So dietary fat, very high in dietary fat, like I said, 70 to 75%, about five to 10% carbohydrate, and then about 15 to 20% uh, protein intake. Now, relative to our conventional eating norms, most Americans are eating at about 50% carbohydrate, they're eating probably around 15% protein, and you know, somewhere around 35% fat. So if you simply compare those two kind of macronutrient ratios in terms of the protein, carbs, and fats, obviously it's a very big shift in the types of foods and really more the amount of foods of, of dietary fat that you're consuming relative to the conventional American diet, but most notably is the amount of carbohydrate that we're consuming is you are going on a very low, very low, uh, excuse me, very low carbohydrate diet, which for most people is the biggest um, influencer on what happens with weight. And so let's see, because the ketogenic diet lacks carbohydrates, you're obviously eating a lot of things, like I said, you're eating meat and eggs and processed meats, a lot of eating your sausages and cheeses and fish, which is part of the allure for a lot of people, which makes sense it's because all of those things are delicious. And so for someone to know that they can eat more of those foods and still lose weight is very enticing. And what happens is that when someone starts to implement a ketogenic diet, obviously they go very low carbohydrates. So they omit all things that have any decent amount of carbohydrates. So really that ends up being fruit. It ends up being, uh, just for some people, a lot of vegetables. It ends up being grains of all types, processed foods, um, sodas, alcohol, all of the things that uh, contribute to a very high amount of calories in the standard American diet. So by virtue of that, for a lot of people that go keto, they simply uh, inadvertently reduce their calorie intake. Now, the other thing about it is when you're consuming more fats, when you're consuming more animal proteins, potentially for some people, when you're consuming high fat foods, they're very satiating as well. So for a lot of people doing keto, they feel like they can eat these fats and oils and processed meats and feel satisfied and not feel hungry for extended periods of time, which in and of itself actually helps you reduce your calorie intake 
throughout the course of the day and the week and the month, which also contributes to weight loss. Now, the, the majority of, of the weight loss that happens, and I'll talk about the mechanisms here in a second, but the majority of the weight loss that happens in a ketogenic diet really comes from, uh, at first, a, a decrease in water weight. And it's important to understand that for every gram of carbohydrate that we consume, we store up to three grams of water. So when you eliminate carbohydrate from your diet, all of a sudden, your cells start to shed uh, and release stored water and electrolytes, sodium, magnesium, potassium, bicarbonate, phosphorus. So it's not uncommon for people who undergo a ketogenic diet to lose a lot of water weight initially. And again, that's part of the allure is people see the scale start to move and think that they're making really good progress when in, in reality, it's not that your body composition is changing. It's not that you're losing fat mass per se. You're just losing a lot of water weight. And like I said, losing a lot of electrolytes, which can also contribute to kind of feeling like crap for the first couple of weeks as you make the shift into actual ketosis. And this is sort of the gray area, in my opinion, for most people when it comes to going keto and the ketogenic diet is most people do it on their own terms. It, and what I mean by that is most people aren't doing it to actually induce a level of ketosis. And, and to be clear here, what happens is that we produce energy based on glucose intake. And, and so when we consume carbohydrate, um, we use that carbohydrate to store energy in the muscles and the liver uh, and produce energy from that stored glycogen. Now, when we don't have that stored carbohydrate or glucose in the cells, in the liver, in the muscle, in the tissues, uh, we need to start to utilize uh, fat mass, our stored body fat as energy source. And this is the process of going into ketosis is because when we start to utilize that stored fat, we produce what's called ketone bodies. And uh, these are produced in the liver and they really fuel brain function. So for a lot of people that uh, are in the process of going into ketosis or actually in ketosis in terms of their body is, is producing a significant amount of ketones and not relying to any degree on glucose or carbohydrate for fuel. And this can take up to a couple of weeks, depending on the person. Well, because those ketones can really fuel brain function, a lot of people experience a sort of heightened level of awareness and cognitive function and productivity and so on and so forth to the degree that they feel really amazing um, and productive during these periods of time. And they feel great because blood sugar levels have stabilized to some degree. They're not on this kind of roller coaster of, of sugar ups and downs uh, that they may have been reliant on from carbohydrate before. Now, that's sort of the, uh, you know, biochemical mechanisms of ketosis, and there's varying degrees of it. But like I said, what most people end up doing in my experience um, is that they kind of live in this gray area of sort of in ketosis, not really in ketosis, and sort of like during the week is, yes, I'm eating mainly ketogenic foods that should theoretically be supporting ketosis, but then on the weekends, eh, I'm kind of being a little more liberal and I'm drinking and I'm eating a little more carbs, but then during the week, I'm, I'm quote unquote keto again. And that's not necessarily the worst thing that you can do. Um, in fact, there's 
certainly bodybuilding methodologies and, and practices built around this level of cyclical ketogenic dieting. And I'm really trying to keep this um, this training more surface level when it comes to keto, just understanding what it is, how it works. Uh, and so when you've deprived your body of carbohydrates for an extended period of time, and this can be depending for some people, it can be two, three, four days to, to two weeks to really drive the body into this state of ketosis where you're relying on ketone bodies to fuel brain function, to fuel ATP or energy production, uh, because you're consuming primarily dietary fat, a little bit of protein, very, very little carbohydrate. And so people can feel really good doing this. They can absolutely lose a lot of weight um, through this dieting, uh, eating methodology. And, you know, the mechanisms of weight loss, like I said, really revolve around first and foremost, losing a lot of water weight because you don't have stored water from carbohydrate intake, uh, but also could potentially, and we're not super clear in terms of the research on certainly the long-term benefits um, is just, it, it, we're just not sure. The reality is for most people, it's just not realistic to be undergoing this type of eating plan for any significant period of time. And there's possibly some repercussions to that as well in terms of our carbohydrate uh, absorption and utilization in terms of down-regulating our body's ability to utilize carbohydrates. So while there are some therapeutic interventions, sometimes they talk about utilizing ketogenic dieting for type 2 diabetes to help with blood sugar regulation. But when we look at studies that compare a, you know, a ketogenic diet to a low-fat diet when calories are equated, over the short term, the keto diet can be more beneficial, but when extrapolated long-term, there doesn't really seem to be any difference. And I would argue that taking someone who already uh, is very glucose intolerant or insulin resistant uh, and making them further resistant to glucose is a very bad idea. And so what I would typically do, and, and this goes with anyone, they don't have to necessarily be type two diabetic, but the reality is if you're, if you're storing any amount, uh, any ancillary amount of body fat around your midsection, or you've got a good amount of body fat to lose, then likely you are some level of insulin resistant. So in my mind, it makes more sense to help you uh, create a cal an appropriate calorie deficit uh, so that you can start to lose body fat. But while doing that is to help you become more insulin sensitive. And the way to do that certainly isn't to starve you completely of carbohydrate, but to teach the body in a realistic and systematic way how to utilize carbohydrates so that as we progress, uh, <laughs> you are much more able to not only manage blood sugar effectively and insulin more effectively, but also that you're able to eat the things that you want to eat, that you enjoy, that are part of your life. And I think that's really one of the biggest deterrents for people that undergo a keto diet, a ketogenic diet, is that for a short period of time, anyone can white knuckle it and you can stick to these high fat foods uh, and enjoy it to some degree. But at some point, 
when there's a birthday party or you go out with friends or you want to go on vacation or you want to have some alcoholic beverages, it ceases to become very realistic. At the very least is whatever it is that you're practicing that resides on higher fat dietary intake isn't in actuality a ketogenic diet. And this is where most people live. Is there sort of pseudo practicing keto when they feel like it sort of for short-term bouts of weight loss only to then regain weight because they start eating carbohydrate again. And as I alluded to, what happens when you eat carbohydrate? Well, you store more water in the cells and therefore you're going to gain weight. And that's very discouraging for people to the degree that we start to associate. And this is part of the, uh, you know, the reason that we, have this idea that carbohydrates are the root of all evil, when in reality, that's just not the case. In fact, the majority of my clients eat a tremendous amount of carbohydrates. Uh, I even have a, a previously type two diabetic client who is no longer type two diabetic, who's consuming upwards of 400 grams of carbohydrates a day as we work to help him uh, improve lean muscle tissue. And so it's really about first and foremost, as, as I'm always going to talk about it, first and foremost, it's about identifying a nutritional strategy that is something that's going to be sustainable for you long term. So when you go into a diet, and, and that's why I kind of wanted to talk about dieting in general, is I think this is a topic for another training, but the reality is we want to look for quick fixes, which uh, as keto is certainly one of those things because most people don't stick with it for any significant period of time. The ones that do and lose a tremendous amount of weight when they stop eating in that manner tend to gain it back. And this is the case with dieting in general. It's also one of the major problems with dieting in general is dieting, as the name implies, is just is not a realistic way of eating. It revolves around some level of restriction and um, if your goals are to lose weight long-term, then we need to find realistic ways and sustainable ways to help you improve your nutritional skills and behaviors. And that's what we do, shameless plug, that's what we do through my nutrition coaching program. But with respect to the ketogenic diet, you know, I think in terms of um, short-term weight loss, it can be effective. I think in terms of um, teaching you how your body responds to higher fat foods, how you feel when you're eating certain things. I don't think it's a terrible idea to spend a couple, three weeks or a month experimenting with how you respond. And there's a, there's a couple nuances of that that I'll get into in a second. Let's just finish talking about sort of the implications of keto, who it's for, who it's not for. Um, I do think for the most part, it would probably be if, if you're sort of going down this road of, of learning how to track your calories. And, and first and foremost, I think that's probably paramount uh, for anyone that's trying to lose weight. Is again, the reason keto is successful for people is because it helps them create a calorie deficit. Again, if you're eating pasta and pizza and bagels and cookies and alcohol and soda and all of these extremely calorie, extremely carbohydrate dense foods, uh, on the day-to-day -day basis, which a lot of Americans are, plain and simple, and you omit 95% of those foods or 99% of those foods, you're going to, by virtue, create a huge calorie deficit. And in lieu of that, you're ramping up foods that are calorie dense, 
So it's very easy to overeat calories on a ketogenic diet. There's nothing magical about high fat foods, but they are very satiating, right? So you could end up eating two or three meals a day that are so much more satiating than the crap that you were consuming before that you still end up making a 500 or 1000 or 1500 calorie deficit day by day, which of course is going to help you contribute to weight loss. I think that's really the main driver. Most people are not actually in ketosis. As I said, every single person I've talked to that's undergoing a ketogenic diet, unless they're like a pro or a health coach that I know that their whole program revolve around ketogenic dieting. And I know several of those guys and even them are sort of on and off. Um, it's very unusual for someone to truly be long-term ketogenic um, and frankly, in my opinion, unnecessary for what it's worth. So who should try it? Honestly, I think everyone should try it. But if you don't already have a grasp of how your calories are adding up on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, you don't understand what proteins and carbs and fats are, then I just don't think you have any business going down that road. It's going to be confusing. Uh, it's probably not going to be terribly, terribly effective for you. Uh, I would just assume have you spend time developing a better understanding of how your calories are adding up and how to naturally create a calorie deficit because you've created more awareness around your intake saying, hey, I realize I'm consuming 2,500 calories. I'm not losing weight. Therefore, I probably need to reduce to 2,000. And I see now that my eating a sleeve of Girl Scout cookies every single night probably isn't contributing uh, to my weight loss success. Therefore, if I just eat half of a sleeve every night, I can create a 300 calorie deficit. And if I just have one or two or three or five less beers on the weekend, uh, I could probably create another significant deficit. And maybe just by doing that, you could get that scale moving. So I just think there's a lot more realistic ways to trim off the low hanging fruit, as we call it. But I do think in general is it probably be beneficial for everyone to experiment with it at some degree once they have a good grasp of their nutrition intake and understanding their macros and calorie intake and know how to track. Who it is not for is anyone that, honestly, I mean, if you love eating carbohydrate, if you love your wine, if you love having you know, a couple cookies every night, if you feel like that's an instrumental and integral part of keeping you sane and happy and healthy and part of your family dynamics and social support system, then it makes absolutely no sense for you to isolate yourself in that way and completely cut off, uh, uh, you know, something that you enjoy because it's just not necessary if weight loss is the goal. And frankly, there's really not many other um, reasons to undergo a ketogenic diet unless we're talking about like medically induced therapeutic, like I said, epileptic seizures. There's some types of brain cancer that seem to be, um, you know, to, to benefit from being in deep states of ketosis. But that is far removed from the scope of, of my practice and the scope of this, you know, podcast episode. So it's important to keep that in mind. Who absolutely should not? I've had multiple uh, clients that have gallbladders removed that have experimented with ketogenic diets. That is a terrible, terrible idea and extremely irresponsible on the part of anyone that promotes a ketogenic diet 
to not disclose that anyone that has digestive issues and or cannot emulsify fats because they don't have a gallbladder, they should not be going down that road. And frankly, it's terribly dangerous as well. And so what people uh, find is that, well, if they don't have a gallbladder, they have a very hard time producing bile, which bile is responsible for breaking down fats in the digestive system. If you're not producing bile, you're going to have a very hard time breaking down fats. So people that try and go keto that don't have gallbladders learn very quickly because they're going to be spending a tremendous amount of time on the toilet. Uh, and so it seems to work itself out, but again, it can be very dangerous. Uh, and so I think that generally speaking, um, I think that the ketogenic diet is an interesting methodology. I think it's way more hyped up than it should be. And I think what people should really be asking themselves is when, when they go down this dieting road, because when we talk about sustainability, when we talk about long-term safety, what's more damaging than the diet itself is the pattern that we are under of yo-yo dieting, of losing 10 or 20 or 30 pounds and gaining it back and then going on a different diet or the same diet and doing it again. Kind of year after year, every few years, you're losing and gaining the same 10 or 20 or 50 pounds. That in and of itself is more harmful on the body. There's there's research on yo-yo when you know yo-yo dieting now that shows that the more times you do that, the higher risk you are for for mortality, for for increased risk of death from all cause mortality. So it can be from diabetes, it can be from heart disease, it can be from stroke, uh, whatever it is. Um, you are creating some level of metabolic dysregulation that sets us up for uh, failure down the road. Um, and an increased risk uh, chance of dying. And so our diet culture is super screwed up. We've got to acknowledge that to the point where when you start to look at losing weight long-term, and hopefully you're thinking about it long-term in terms of saying like, look, I need to lose 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 pounds. The thought process should be, I don't care as how long it takes me to lose it. As long as once I lose it, it's gone forever. The process of our short-term quick fix thinking is setting us up for disaster because of the fact that we do something unrealistic. Well, like for most people, keto diet, um, we do it for a month, we lose 10 or 15 or 20 pounds, and then we go back to eating normal and we gain it right back. And like I said, that's, that's more damaging in the long run. And so when we go down this process, it's, it's just most important. If I can impart anything through this episode, it's just sustainable thinking about losing weight in terms of saying, hey, um, however I lose this, however I lose this weight, I need to do it in a way that I can see myself doing forever, right? If I go keto, can I see myself doing keto forever? Can I go low carb forever? Can I go um, carnivore forever? Can I go vegan uh, or plant-based forever? Is that the right methodology for me? If it's not, please don't go down that road. And instead, let's take a more comprehensive and individualized approach to understanding, look, at the end of the day, it's just about creating a calorie deficit. So it's not easy, but it can be simple. 
And that's, you know, what I can absolutely help you with if that's something that you're interested in. And so I hope this has been helpful for you guys. Again, I just wanted to keep it a very surface level talk about what exactly the ketogenic diet is, who it's for, if it's beneficial, if it's beneficial for you, if it's sustainable for you, if it is fantastic, uh, you know, um, then roll with it. If it's not, then there's plenty of other ways that you can lose weight and keep it off. So I hope that's helpful for you. Uh, if you found it helpful, do me a favor and uh, leave a five-star rating and a positive review. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Sure. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.